Hello, lovely people. So today on this episode, we're going to talk about my journey I had yesterday. I thought it would be really interesting to, well, I think that this is going to be a really important part of my integration, as well as maybe giving you more of a perspective, more of my perspective of what a journey looks like. So yesterday, usually I I plan out my journeys. I want to take them on a specific day, maybe at a specific time, and I just feel really called to do that. So for example, I took a little journey on 11-11 because that date is amazing. I want it to be like the new uh the new psilocybin like day like 420 basically for weed so but yesterday on 11:18 i was getting a lot of signs the day before and that day 11:18 so what i do when i take the psilocybin is i write down the exact time that i took them on my hand with like a sharpie or a dark pen and I think one of the most life-changing experiences I've had was at 11 18 in the morning I don't remember the day it was earlier this year but it was at 11 18 so 11 18 is fairly symbolic for me and I felt really called to take them yesterday it was also like 63, 64 degrees outside, which is crazy. I mean, it's the, I live in New England, I live in Connecticut, and it's like a week away from Thanksgiving, and it's 63, 64 degrees outside, so I thought that was a perfect time to do it. I'm also in uh, the apartment, so I've had one other experience, technically on 11-11, like I did try to go on a journey but I wasn't I wasn't necessarily feeling as much because I didn't go I didn't go crazy at all so uh the very first time which was before then I was in my apartment I had blacked out all of the windows sometimes I just I want to go in a cave and be in a basement like no sun I just want to be in the dark and that's what I did last time. And if you've ever taken psilocybin indoors, it's it's definitely more uncomfortable than it would be outdoors. So my very first time was very uncomfortable. And I knew it was uncomfortable because I was fighting the feeling. I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this. I was all by myself. And I, yeah, I just didn't feel very comfortable. So I took the opportunity yesterday because it was so beautiful outside. Like, oh, I could actually be outside if I wanted to. And that's why I think the summer and the summer and just the warm months are really a great time to go on journeys just because it's so warm outside. You get to feel the sun and really feel connected to nature. It's more of an outward experience when you're inside it's more of an inward experience so I 
was thinking it'll be a lot less scary. There's a lot less anticipation because I had just decided to do it that morning. So very little anticipation, little anxiety. It's beautiful outside. Uh, so I felt comfortable to do it. And I did, I do journey by myself. I've journeyed many a time. So I feel comfortable. And at that point where I don't really need a trip sitter, this may not apply to everyone, especially if it's your first time or definitely I would recommend getting a trip sitter. But for this occasion, I did not have one. And so what I did was I, I like to write down all the variables. This is a very new thing. There's not a ton of research published, at least that I'm aware of. So it's super important for me to, this is an experiment. It's just one big experiment. So I am my subject. So it's important for me to write down the variables, which are set and setting. Set and setting is really, really important. It really matters that you are somewhere that feels comfortable, familiar. You feel like you can express yourself. And it's a safe, safe environment. As quiet as possible is important, but uh, soundproof headphones are very, very helpful. Having a trip sitter. This one I skipped, but if you are more of a beginner when it comes to psilocybin, then having a sitter is very, very important. Not just having a sitter that, you know, you want someone that you can trust, that you can share your secrets with, maybe someone who has experienced this before so they can tell you what to expect and help you calm down. I think that that is really important. Uh, your dosage. So mine was, I think a lot of people, they assume that 1.5 grams is kind of the standard. And that's what I did for my very first time. And actually, no, my very first time was wonderful. It was outside. It was last year. And I did that and I didn't feel overwhelmed or anything like that. But this year when I did it, it was also inside. (laughs) It was too cold to be outside. So it was inside. And I felt super nauseous. I felt really uncomfortable and icky. So from there, I started going down in my dosage. So 0.5 is like a really good, good time for me. I'm also, it's really important to know, you know, maybe what your the size of you, what your size is. I'm kind of a tinier person. I only weigh maybe 130 pounds and I'm five foot two. So based on, you know, my body type, I don't necessarily need as much as someone who would need to experience the same amount if they were a little bigger than me. If they're smaller, I would suggest going lower, but uh, that is kind of my theory on that of course my main experimentation has been on myself so it's kind of hard to tell but 
I always suggest that if you are a beginner, start smaller, start small, because uh, I think some people are like, well, I really want to feel it. I really want to feel it. So I want to take a bigger dose. I can handle it for their first time. And that's when maybe it's like, okay, I did way too much. I never want to do this again. So always go smaller. You can always take more later, but you cannot undo it. It, You got to write it out. There's no going back. Like when maybe when you're drunk and something happens and you sober up real quick, that doesn't happen with the mushrooms. You are in it. You're locked in. You got to just ride that wave. So uh, last yesterday, I took 0.66 grams. And another thing to know is how they're consumed and what you've eaten or when you ate last. So I'm still, of course, experimenting myself. I have read things that if you eat before, uh, if you eat before, you won't be nauseous. If you eat way before, you won't be nauseous. I think that every every trip is different. So for me, I think I ate like a bagel maybe an hour before I took them. So for me, that was actually really good. I didn't have like so much in my stomach. So the idea is you don't want to eat like a really heavy, heavy meal right before. Uh, Some people say you should wait three to four hours after you eat a meal to take them so that you have more of an empty stomach and you're, you can metabolize it and uh, there's not as much stuff in there so you can feel it more and yeah so but I found that eating only a little bit before and not something huge did help my stomach I think when I'm more I have more of an empty stomach I feel more nauseous so that's just my personal experience and I took mine at 11:35, and I wrote I write that down right I take the uh I take the time and I write it on my hand so that when I'm looking at the time I can see okay I'm like an hour and I'm two hours in because when you are experiencing this <laughs> it's the perception of time is very very wonky you have no idea what time it is unless you know you're looking at the sun and you can tell but otherwise time is very weird it's kind of like all time is just happening at once it honestly feels like it it can feel very long but it can also feel like oh wow like it's over now already but uh that's important I do want to say that normally I consume them I take a coffee grinder it's uh it's just like a coffee bean grinder I bought it for $20 on Amazon and I put them in there and I grind them up really small into really uh small little particles and I make tea with them so I usually have like green tea something that's soothing I I got so nauseous the the second time that I was very desperate to try to mitigate the nauseousness. That's probably the worst part of uh, going on a trip 
is the nauseousness, specifically with, specifically with psilocybin. I haven't taken like LSD or anything else. Um, so I could not speak to that, but the nausea can be pretty hardcore. And this isn't to scare anybody. I think that it's really important to know what to expect because sometimes it can be like, oh, wow. Um, the, the, the mushrooms are very magical, uh, an incredible, it's, it's just incredible that this stuff grows on the earth, but you also really, really need to respect that they are a very powerful substance that, uh, it, it just must be respected, um, Otherwise, it will not respect you. And again, not to scare you, but I think it's important to talk about this. So originally, right, I put them in the coffee grinder, grind them up, put them in a mug with some green tea, maybe some ginger. That'll really help with the stomach. And I usually drink it and it kicks in in about 15 minutes. And it's it's. Since it's already pretty much, you know, grinded up very small, it's already, it's already chewed up essentially. It just is a matter of time of it getting in your bloodstream and uh, your body absorbing it. And it happens very, very quick and you're in it. It's not like a slow come up. It's kind of like, okay, we're, we're ready to rock. Uh, I also want to point out that because I think the diuretic in the tea does help um, metabolize and make you feel it a little bit more. It also shortens the duration of the trip. So, uh, usually trips last, people say between four to six hours. It'll probably be only three to four hours if you drink them with the tea, but it's also more intense and it, the come up is very, very fast. So that's one way um, and also the tea, you know, is meant to soothe the stomach. So that is one way. Obviously, another way is just eating them. Some people can eat them with different foods because the, the flavor might not be the best. And the only thing that I would say to that is it's going to take a lot longer for it to uh, metabolize in your body. So if you don't have anything with it, you just eat them straight your body isn't metabolizing food as well. So if you eat them with food, it's going to take longer for you to start to feel it. And it, the feeling might be diminished a lot. Um, I remember my friend took, I think they took about two, um, bigger than me, taller than me. And they had them like, <laughs> I ate mine before my pizza. And my friend ate like a whole pizza and then had the um, mushrooms right after and basically didn't feel it. So my suggestion, don't eat a whole pizza before, right before you do that. Um, let's see what else. So yesterday I just consumed them with nothing. I just had them with some water, chewed them up as finely as I can. I think a part of the stomach thing is that um, it's trying to break it down even more and it might not help if they're if you're trying to swallow them whole so I would suggest to chew it as much as you possibly can take it with a good amount of water 
or um, have it in the tea. There's there's a lot of different methods. People can lemon tech, so that's you put um, like really citrus, like you put a lemon, squeeze a lemon in a in a cup, and you soak the the mushrooms in there for a while, and that helps to break it down. It kind of is a I've never done this before, but it mirrors the lemon juice mirrors the acid in your stomach and breaks it down even more so that when it's time it's gonna you it's gonna be ready (laughs) I also want to say that citrus uh increases the feeling like you feel it a lot more when you have citrus so lime and lemon and but that also shortens the duration I've heard with I've never done ayahuasca I'm very interested, but I've never done it. And but I've heard that it's the opposite. So if you are maybe not having the best trip on ayahuasca, you can have like an orange or a lemon, and the effects will start to wear off. Whereas the psilocybin is kind of the opposite. It makes the experience more intense, but it also shortens the duration of the period. So take what you will with that. Again, as a first-timer or a beginner, I wouldn't suggest that, but just some useful knowledge. If, you know, you don't necessarily want the trip to be more intense, maybe staying away from citrus that day would be beneficial. Let's see. So writing down the time, uh, getting yourself prepped. So basically what I did, I'm going to, I'm going to stop kind of with the suggestions and I'm going to more so talk about my experience specifically. And so I was really eager to get outside. It's been really cold. It's fall. It's going to be winter very soon. So it's definitely more of a indoor vibe in New England. I'm in complete hermit mode. I... I don't leave the house very, very much, but I'm also, like, not hating that. I I love being alone and doing whatever I want to do. <laughs> it's amazing. So, yesterday was gorgeous outside. The sun was shining, the clouds in the sky, and I went outside. I usually sit in a beach chair outside. A uh, beach chair is kind of, like, just shorter to the ground. So you feel way more grounded and it's also supportive. So when one takes the psilocybin, you feel very, very grounded and very heavy. Like gravity takes a fucking hold and you are brought right to the ground. So relaxing your body as much as possible. At least this is for this is my experience. I have friends who will be like, you want to go on a walk? And I'm like, Ugh, I just want to sit here like a rock and not go anywhere so of course depends on the experience of the person but I went outside sat on my sat on my beach chair I had a little towel on the ground so that I could put my feet on it I had my Bose uh, speaker bluetooth speaker so that I could listen to some music I actually have a spotify playlist called camel which is my partner's name. Uh, It's what I call him. His name's Cameron, but I call him Camel. And 
the Kimmel playlist is amazing. It's like Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong, very old school, but whimsical and magical. And it's lovely. <laughs> and I was just listening to that outside. And I was listening to one of Louis Armstrong's songs. What a wonderful world. And I was just staring at the trees and soaking up the sun. Another way that I mitigate the nauseousness is by smoking weed. So depending, some people will say, you know, sometimes the weed counter affects the, the mushrooms. Some say that it increases the effect of the mushrooms. And I say it's both. So my theory is that depending on how much of the psilocybin you take, uh, you need to take more of that than you would be smoking weed. So for me, at least, if it's like, if I'm taking 0.3 or less of less grams of psilocybin, the weed is going to overpower it. But if I take more than that, then the weed will enhance it and it really helps, I think, with the nausea, and it's not like I even really feel higher off the weed. It's mostly it's mostly the psilocybin. I just think that they work together to to help each other out. You know, both plant medicines, and so I was out there doing that. I was lighting some incense. Sometimes, if you are a woo-woo person like me. I like to take sage or incense and kind of smudge the room, smudge the area of where I'm going to be. So I had lit an incense that was around me, kind of a way to protect me. Because when you are on the mushrooms, okay, you are very, very vulnerable. You're very sensitive to everything around you, everybody's energies. So another reason why having a reliable sitter, that's very important. Sounds, you're very, very uh, receptive to sounds. So it's very important to make sure that you're safe and away from like the muggles who are not tripping. (laughs) So it's important to uh, try to make your environment as safe as possible from normal life I would suggest I get a little paranoid as well so yes that is my that is my advice so when I was outside I was just relaxing more of it's more of an outward experience like I said when you're outside you're more focused on nature connected to nature and uh you just feel like you are a part of it. You and nature are just one, which is lovely. And you get to appreciate it a lot more. So I think after a little bit, I was like, okay, I'm I'm good with being outside. I kind of want to be inside. I feel like I'm just very vulnerable right now. And uh we have neighbors, so I didn't want any neighbors to be stumbling upon me. I didn't want any interaction with anybody at all because 
that is where something so wonderful can go wrong, <laughs> especially when those people don't really know that you're under the influence. So I felt really called to go inside. Going to the bathroom is a whole thing. It's very weird uh, operating in a human body when you are um, taking this, this plant medicine. But I, I went inside in the apartment. I laid down my yoga mat by the door and the sun, I had the door open and the sun was just streaming on me and I felt like a cat. You know how cats they go towards a sunny spot because it's really cozy so that's basically what I did listening to music I every time I try to listen to everything in its right place by Radiohead with my uh, soundproof headphones it's very very gnarly it's like you're being transported somewhere else and that song specifically I really recommend listening to it it's very trippy and you know, the title basically says what it's about. It's like everything in its right place. It just is a great reminder that everything is happening for a reason. I look around at the things and the placement of all of my things. And it's like, yes, everything is exactly where it's meant to be. It's, it's very nice and very centering and helps me trust the universe more. I listened to a few more songs, and then I was just feeling really heavy. Uh, I needed much more support than the yoga mat was giving me, so I went to my bed. You feel really, really tired. Like, your body feels really heavy, and you're just, gravity is like 10 times. Like, you're just being pulled down, and you're realizing, wow, being a human is not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. So, it really forces you to relax your body and I went into my room and I was just listening to more music I I've done this once before is I take a mirror and I just look at myself the the first time I did that and the only other time I did that was very very powerful for me it was almost as if like I the person looking into the mirror was like my own parent and then the person looking back at me was like my inner child and she was very very sad and I realized that I hardly ever look at the mirror if I'm not trying to like fix myself so uh looking in the mirror and looking in my eyes was very powerful so I wanted to see what that would bring me this time and I was looking in my eyes and it was very hard to look at myself I was being very critical of myself and I'm usually not I'm usually like wow you're so beautiful and amazing which you know it's taken a long time to practice (laughs) practice that but I was just like nitpicking every little thing on me like I was wearing this really oversized sweater it was making me look really much bigger than I was and I was looking at like I mean I'm not ashamed, but I have like hairs that grow above my lips. So I could see that. And it's completely normal <clears throat> to do that. My throat's getting dry. <laughs> it's completely normal, okay, for women to. I'm a fairly hairy person. So yeah, hair grows on me everywhere. Um, so ladies, don't be ashamed. Uh, 
and I was just but I was just looking at myself and being very very critical of myself and I couldn't after I was being critical of myself I couldn't even look at myself in the eye it was it was too painful and too difficult to do so so I think that's definitely something that I want to work on is defining beauty for me and beauty is definitely not what is on the outside like what we are experiencing and living this human experience is like this is a shell for our soul it's not a direct reflection of our beauty uh I think that's that's wild but after my little mirror experiment I could not look at myself anymore I was listening to the music again and I was really realizing that the music that we listen to really does affect our emotions which makes sense you know I have different playlists for different things different time periods so just keep in mind if you're listening to a sad song you're probably going to feel more sad than you did before you listen to it so music has really a lot of control over your emotions and your mental state and also it's a very powerful tool like a nostalgia, like nostalgia. So I remember driving with my dad. My dad would come pick me up from Cape Cod to Connecticut every other weekend. And we would spend five hours in the car every weekend listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're my favorite band. And every time I listened to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like yesterday, I was being transported back to those car rides with my dad. So depending on when you listen to the song the first time or when that song really had an impact, uh, I feel like it is a tool that helps us remember. Helps us remember and is really nostalgic, can be very nostalgic and transport you back into that place that you were when you listened to it before. Um, So after that, I was... I heard a very tiny voice in my head saying, let's put down the headphones and let's stop listening to the music. So when you are on the mushrooms, your body knows. Your body knows. It's crazy. Like right before I, like I said, I didn't want human interaction, right? So right before I went, right after I went inside, I should say, um, my neighbor had like left and like would have seen me if I stayed out like a minute longer so the body knows what what it should do next so that's kind of like if you're a sitter I would suggest you know giving the person free range to go wherever they want I've had friends who like to go in the middle of the woods be right in the center of nature they want to walk around they want to be by themselves in a bed your body just knows. And another thing, you can prepare for whatever you want to happen, but your body will probably have different plans. And you're locked very much into your intuition when you are experiencing the plant medicine. So you know, you know what to do next. So I listened to my inner voice, inner, yeah, my inner voice. And it was really my higher self who was trying to talk to me. At least that's my perception of what was happening. Uh, And my, you know, I'm I'm a spiritual person. So I believe that my higher self is 
kind of always with me and uh, has really great advice and can help me see things from different perspectives. So by by stopping listening to the music, I could hear my voice more. I think music can also be a distraction. TV, technology in general can very much be a distraction from living life in the present. And let me see. I actually, I every time I go on these adventures, I take notes the next day because it's really important for the integration piece. Um, okay. Let's see. Because I really had some profound realizations yesterday that really helped me in my healing. Let's see. Yes, the music. Okay. So the first thing that I was thinking about was uh, a little background first is that I, you know, have grown up very boy crazy. My mom kind of instilled that it's very important for me to find a man. And obviously society uh, also promotes that kind of idea and that we as women are here to serve men. And I love my partner so, so much. But in the back of my mind, I've been thinking about my ex-partner's uh, and, you know, like, what if that would would have worked out type of thing? And I basically asked my higher self, like, why do I keep fucking thinking about these people? Like, they're gone. And I know, I know I have, like, the best person for me at home who just loves me so much. He He treats me like a queen. And... He makes me feel very, very special every day. And I was like, why do I keep thinking about these other dudes that were in my life? And my higher self basically said, hmm, I think, I think what it is, is that you are, you just aren't being accepted or seen or heard by these people. These people are not the people that you deserve to have in your life as a partner, you know, and being unheard and unseen is a thing, you know, that your father would make you feel. And that's, I know it's not, you know, it's, I don't take that personally at all, but it was kind of like, well, you feel very unseen and unheard by your father. So... And you desperately want to be accepted. Like, in the back of my mind, I do want to be accepted by my dad. But that's also kind of an old belief that I probably will shed today. It's also the lunar eclipse and full moon today. So maybe that's something that I write down that I want to get rid of. But, like, feeling the need to be accepted and be seen and heard by these men in your life. And that's why it keeps coming up. Let's see. And then after that, I was thinking about my dad and men in general and 
the theme of men crying has been coming up a lot for me and Cameron. Not be not necessarily because Cameron's feeling emotional, but we watched like The Bachelorette the other day and how uh, seeing men cry is a very rare thing. I think that, you know, men are men. People see men as those who like have privilege right and I think that it's a complete trade-off you know women women are expected to have emotions we're expected to be emotional people and it's it's more common for women to show and express their emotions than it is for men so it's more common to be exposed by that situation and how people, when men don't really express emotions, when they finally do, people don't necessarily know how to react, don't know how to act in that situation. I remember I've only seen my dad cry a couple of times, and that was very uncomfortable for me. It's kind of like, I don't know what to do. You're you're meant to be the rock. You're meant to be the one that doesn't show emotions, and now you're doing that, and I don't know what the heck to do. I remember Cameron uh, expressing his emotions and, you know, feeling sad and crying in front of me a couple, the first couple of times. And I was so uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, he's not meant to be showing emotions. This isn't what society has taught us about men is to see this and witness this. And I was very uncomfortable because I just didn't know how the fuck to act. I was like, I don't... I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, it's took taken me those first couple of times to get used to it. And I have realized that me being uncomfortable by the fact that, you know, my partner is expressing these emotions, that's not going to encourage him to keep expressing his emotions. You know what I mean? It's like society society says man you are not allowed to express your emotions you're not allowed to cry you can just act like everything is peachy keen and the man you know assumably just buries all those emotions deep in deep within and carries that shit with them and those feelings are not felt and those things are just put into a box and they stay in the body and manifest in another way and when society tells men not to express emotions and men you know that shit erupts within them and like they have to let it out that is when people who are on the receiving end of this don't know what the fuck to do because this isn't what society has taught us that men can express their emotions they have to be these robots who don't feel anything (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy so i think a huge part of this is that we as men or women i i just strongly encourage us to be accepting, show unconditional love, and hold space for those people who are feeling emotional, whether you're a man or a woman, and, you know, maybe in your family and your background, emotions weren't, you know, 
they were very much discouraged. I think it's important for us to be able to hold that space for men and women and show them I am a safe space. You can show your emotions and be vulnerable with me and I'm going to love you. So that was a huge realization that I had yesterday, specifically with, I'm not sure if I've shared the story, but my grampy had a an island in Maine. It was this, it sounds more luxurious than it was, but it was also really amazing. Uh, we had a cabin on an island in, a, in the middle of the lake that was looking over Mount Katahdin, which is on the Appalachian Trail, I believe. And it was a wonderful place where we could escape nature, be with each other, be present with each other, and really enjoy each other's time. So it was me, Cameron, my dad, and my grampy, who's my dad's dad. And little background, my dad, my dad's dad and dad, they, you know, they don't have the best relationship. They have worked together for years. My dad's worked for my grampy for forever until now but there there's already tension and resistance there I think you know from the generational trauma uh expression emotions expressing emotions was not tolerated or accepted so I'm sure that's how you know my grandpa's parents felt I'm sure that's how my dad felt about his parents and uh I am a very sensitive person, so I have always expressed my emotions and cried when I needed to cry. Maybe not always, but for the most most part, I feel the feelings. And it's more acceptable because I'm a female, and females are expected to be emotional while men are just villainized and dehumanized and not expected to feel anything. So what happened was we were in Maine, trapped on this island, right? And I said something that triggered my dad. And my dad, you know, he bottles up these emotions. And I think a lot of people do this. I'm not singling him out at all. And like it finally erupted, you know, I am someone who does express my emotions and how I feel. So I think just doing that gave him permission to feel that he could express his emotions to me and with very little experience I'm sure in expressing those emotions it's hard to know how to express especially when it's not encouraged to do so so it's like when it finally happens you never know what it what how it can come out and my partner was telling me that he was taking this class called men and masculinity at his school and talking about how those emotions right they're not encouraged they're bottled up and those eventually manifest into anger so what happened was my dad got very angry and was threatening to beat up my partner because my partner is probably one of the most important people in my life and like if he's threatened to beat up my partner like I I don't know I don't know like what would have happened if that actually did happen but he was just lashing out and 
trying to bring me down, his vibe bring me down and uh um just it was a very difficult difficult time I was like I was begging my grampy to take me back to like land because we're in the I'm stranded in an island with my dad who's raging and I was just reliving that experience and I was imagining you know 50 years of emotions and being beaten up and battered and all of that stuff just coming out at me at once and at the time I very much took it personally and I felt very unsafe and very angry towards my father but last night or yesterday when I was able to relive this kind of experience I I felt really sad for him you know I to be honest, I feel honored that he was able and felt comfortable enough to express those emotions in front of me, though it wasn't the healthiest way to do so, and I don't blame him at all. Men are encouraged to express themselves in a healthy way, or in any way at all, and I felt honored. I felt that I gave my dad permission to be emotional by doing that for myself, and I just felt really sad and I remember crying yesterday and uh crying for my dad you know like it's really devastating I couldn't imagine I think I think it is a trade-off you know men do have privileges white men specifically but also in this day and age white men are written off completely they're monsters they are not human anymore and men you know Men in general, uh, they're just meant to be the rock. They're meant to be the order. They're meant to just keep everything contained and keep their cool uh, all the time, which I could not imagine for myself. You know, that's... So my heart was just breaking <laughs> for for men in general, and I was kind of realizing, like, I think there needs to be more more acceptance of men experiencing those emotions and I remember like I'm trying to have my own business right so uh I think in the beginning I was like okay I want to work with women because I get women and I am a woman but I don't want to close the door for men because I think men uh could use support as well and especially someone who will not judge them and encourages them to express that emotion so I feel like that was kind of a big realization for me is I'm kind of meant to be here to help everybody and if you are a man or a woman or anybody who you know doesn't feel encouraged to express their emotions please please message me uh this isn't meant to be like a shameless plug, but, or I don't know. I don't know what I just said, <laughs> but my Instagram handle is Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-B-E-E, pollinator. And I um, will hold all the space for you because I can't imagine living in a world where emotions and expression is not tolerated. I don't want to live in a world like that. And crying is very healthy it's nothing to be ashamed of it's 
an incredibly healthy way of cleansing and clearing those emotions out of our body so that those feelings can be felt, you know? So that was a huge thing that I realized yesterday. Let's see what else. Oh, yes, I was. So I, uh, the day before yesterday, I was listening to Ram Das. Ram Das has uh, an album with East Forest and it's amazing. And I also have Ram Das's book. And the front of the book says, remember. And it says, be here now, be here now. If you have time to look at the cover of this book, I really recommend it. It's very psychedelic. And I was just staring at that. I felt very called to pull that from the couch and bring that to the bed with me. And like that song I, song I mentioned before, everything in its right place, right? So that was in the right place. I was looking, remember, 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 be here now, be here now. And after I felt through those emotions, I felt those feelings. And by the way, I can look back and uh, that experience that I had in Maine, that was a very negative experience for me. I actually want to get a sleeve of the view of that place because it's amazing. But it has not always been a positive memory for me, that's for sure, until yesterday. And I was able to really see it from a different perspective and really change that neurological pathway and change that trauma into just unconditional love. And that really was helpful in healing my relationship with my father so after I felt those feelings I was feeling out my higher self was telling me over and over I'm so sorry that you went through that I'm so sorry you went through that and I definitely needed to hear that I needed to you know I needed someone else to validate my experience or at least my higher self to validate my experience or at least feel that my experience was valid and my emotions were valid. And after that, I felt like complete bliss. And it was like I was feeling I was in heaven. It's like if you like orgasm, you're just like perpetually orgasm that state. It was like it felt so good. Um, I was feeling very good, blissed out. I felt like I was in heaven and when I was reading the remember, 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 the be here now, be here now, be here now, I was remembering that this is what, like, life feels like outside of this human body. Whether you're a spiritual person or not, I am. And I was like, wow, these, these, uh, this plant medicine is here to help us remember, to help us remember who we are. Uh, and it's also to remember like where we come from, connects us with the universe and like gives us a little piece of the afterlife, like what life is actually like after this, like how our soul experiences life. And it's just an amazing feeling. I felt very high vibes. Uh, like I felt just warmth radiating through, throughout my whole body. It was wonderful. And it was kind of like, like, is this what heaven feels like? And 
uh, my higher self was kind of like, this is what heaven feels like. You know, we, we are above the clouds. We dance on the clouds all day. That's why they're constantly changing. And it's just this amazing high vibe energy. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, these, these mushrooms are here to help us remember and help us to be here now. And they're helping us to re remember that we are very spiritual beings and like, this is what it's like, like remember. So that was really, really awesome for me. Um, definitely another note that I could take in the old experimentation book about my my um, experience. And I believe I was thinking about my friend and um, how uh, I was talking about this in the I Was Lost video or podcast episode, how I, she really went in a different direction, right? She was more into, uh, into the Bible, into God and Jesus and how my friend i just i i can understand and this might not even be how she felt but i'm reading that ram das book and ram das basically went to india and really didn't know what to do next he was like i don't want to be the pilot anymore i don't want to i don't want to steer this wheel anymore i want someone else to steer my wheel for me so I can totally understand if life is so incredibly overwhelming that it's just, I got to have someone else steer right now. Um, so that really helped me see from uh, her perspective when it came to, you know, focusing more on the Bible and Jesus and God and how um, maybe she just wants someone to steer the wheel for a little bit. And a little bit after that, I was like, okay, like, it was probably four or five hours in. I was like, okay, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do hard work anymore. I just want to zone out and watch TV. And I have been watching Paris in Love, which is a reality show about Paris Hilton and her fiance. And it's on Peacock. And I... I've always felt very drawn to Paris and of course you can you can pull these different things and this persona that she displays but I think she's a very admirable woman and she was talking about how her parents so she had a documentary called This is Paris about how she went to a boarding school and it was basically a torture camp and she kept it hidden and all of that stuff inside bottled up for years until very recently and her she was talking about how her parents haven't even watched it and how her parents like she hasn't had this conversation with her parents yet her parents won't listen and I felt my heart breaking for her you know not feeling seen or heard by her parents I feel very I feel like it's very relatable 
I remember trying to explain to my dad my experiences and trying to give him a perspective of my life and why our relationship isn't what I want it to be or what he wanted to be. But sometimes I also realized that sometimes the truth and sometimes things are just too painful to bear, you know, um, too painful to talk or think about. Uh, I honestly referenced this to global warming. I was thinking about this yesterday, global warming. Uh, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody. I very much try to do my part in uh, taking care of this earth. I, I do my part and I try to be responsible about plastic and waste and garbage and uh, stuff like that. This is probably going to be controversial. So I think at some point I was, I heard, you know, global warming is a hoax and, you know, whether you believe in this or whether you don't believe in it, this is just my opinion and I honestly don't know what to believe anymore. Uh, Before it was kind of like global warming. It's just, it's just easier to think that it's fake, right? It's just easier to think that it's not real because when you think about it, I am a very, very sensitive person. I, I consciously filter certain things in my life because I cannot handle it. I cannot watch the news I can't follow politics ever. I I just, ignorance for me is just sometimes the best because it's like I want to fix everything, but I know I just can't. And my body and my state just cannot handle it. I, I can't handle it. So sometimes just things are too painful to think about. Um, and I think that that's really one of those things. And uh that's definitely something for me to reflect on, but sometimes things are just too painful to think about, and maybe that's the same thing with my dad. He can't think about the things that he's done to me, and my mom, and Paris's parents, stuff like that, and at the end of that episode, she was talking about how during interviews, she doesn't, she's very scared of what to say next because in the torture camp that the provo school she if she didn't say or act or do things the right way quote unquote then there would be punishment so she says that there's still this anxiety in her that it's just easier for someone to tell her exactly what to say instead of saying the wrong thing or you know just doing the wrong thing and she was saying how she feels like a Barbie doll, how she just feels like she's just there to sit there and look pretty and um, people to play with and people, you know, like don't talk and just sit there and be pretty. And I was just thinking like, wow, that really struck a chord with me. And I'm sure it could be really relatable to all women because in this society, we are very much told to shut up, look good, sit in a corner, you're here to serve men, and not express yourself and not be yourself. So I thought that that was very powerful uh, 
<laughs> a powerful way to end my experience yesterday. And I do have more notes. I just don't want to leave this super long so that nobody listens to it. Not that this, it really doesn't matter if anybody listens to it, but it really does help that I was able to talk about this. I think integration is probably the most important aspect of uh, like taking psilocybin. Of course, you know, the actual trip itself is very important and can be very profound, but also remembering everything that happened on that trip and writing it down and talking to other people about it and talking to you about it. Uh, is very important in integrating those things that I learned. So I hope this was interesting. I am very open to talking more about this. If you like this, if you have any questions on my experience or any best practices, please let me know. I'm still kind of on a hiatus from Instagram, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, So I'll still be taking time for myself, but I'm really hoping to host courses and best practices for psilocybin. And yeah, I have a lot of ideas um, and I'm very excited about them. I'm just not 100% ready yet. But if you listen to this whole thing, thank you so much for seeing me and hearing me. I appreciate you so much. I love you all so, so much. I hope you have an amazing day or night. And I will see you next time.